Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds. Drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Welcome back to another episode of Tree Talking Time. I'm your host, Ben Sheets. Just want to do a quick intro here. This episode is a two-parter. We talked to two different guys, cold called both of them, and kind of caught them off guard, but they both were great about talking about their dogs. We're talking big game hunting with Stevens Curse. Both these guys have a lot of experience over 20 years each, talking to Don Page in Idaho and Glenn Grays in Montana. Both awesome guys, both older guys that have a ton of experience hunting before they ever got Stevens and how they switched to them after hunting with them. Hope you enjoy. I've had them for about between 20 and 25 years, and and they're a good bear dog, uh, and they're a good mountain lion dog, and they're a good bobcat dog and a coon dog. Okay. And uh, they're just a real nice little dog, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, where did you get your initial Stevens? Pardon? Where did you get your first ones? Uh, let's see. From, uh... A guy back in Tennessee, Stacy Anderson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now did he you, brought me a pup out. Did you get a lot of dogs through the years, or did you breed most of your own dog through the years? Uh, I'm hard to hear. You'll have to slow down a little bit. Okay. Through the years, as you were hunting, did you buy a lot of dogs, or did you just breed your own dogs? I just bred my own. Okay. No, I didn't buy. Uh, I didn't buy no dogs. Uh yeah, Stacy, he bought, no, I'll take that back. The first one I ever got, as uh, I read about these little dogs, and I called a go- guy down to Junior Souls. And uh, he said, I said, I'd like to try one of them, as a, you know, send one out here. And he said, well, I'm going to raise a litter here, and uh, I'll save you one. So my mother was still living back in the Ozark. That's where I was raised. Okay. And uh, and I went back there and and I called him and he said I got you a pup here, so I brought her out here and uh, she lived to be sixteen and without a doubt she's the best little bear dog I ever owned. Wow. And she only she only weighed about between thirty and thirty five pounds. A lot of grit. A lot of grit. She got hurt three times. I didn't think she would make it, but. Uh, I babed her through it, and she le- she made it, and she lived to be 16. That's pretty good for a gritty now, bear dog. They're, they're, but what's that? I said that's pretty good for a gritty bear dog. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, she, she like I say, she was hurt uh, three different times. But, uh, you know, you're going to find that in any strain, a, a hound or a cur. Mm-hmm. You're going to find there's some gritty ones in that bunch. Then you're going to find some that ain't so gritty. Now, I expect there's some of these Stevens Curves that's not gritty. I don't, I don't know about that. But the ones I have, ones I uh, read myself, they were gritty. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to a killing point, although I had one killed now, I don't know if the bear killed him or a wolf. Okay. But uh, uh, one of them did, and I would say the bear did, if I was guessing. Okay. 
So you said you've had them for 25 years. Yeah. So you got your dogs, what, mid-90s then? Yeah. Uh-huh. What were you yeah. hunting before that? Uh, wh- wh- where are you living? Wh- I live where am Pen- I talking to? I live in Pennsylvania. Huh? Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Here. Um, But I bear hunt a little bit in West Virginia and Virginia. And so I've been just looking at different curs that guys that run on big game. And I was talking to a guy from California, and he, he talked to you recently. And so he gave me your name and number. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh yeah, they're they're a good little dog. I, I've had hounds all my life, and my granddad had them, and dad had them. I was raised with them back to the old dogs, but mm-hmm. I switched over, like I say, between twenty and twenty-five years ago to these little curs because I think they're they're a fast little dog. Most of them, they run good. They run to catch, yeah. and uh, and some of them, I like the dog about forty pounds. Now I've had some here that only weighed thirty pounds. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, I like that size of dog. Uh, uh, to me, thirty, thirty-five pounds, thirty-five little, well, thirty is too light. But then, mm-hmm. but that little dog I got, that little one I called her Devi, and uh, boy, I'll tell you what, she was a good little dog, and they make a hell of a good mountain lion dog, uh, cougar dog, mm-hmm. bobcat. Yeah, they do. Now, do you find... And you would be surprised the nose they got on them. That's what I was just about to ask. I don't know how Hugh Stevens ever put that kind of nose on them, but they really surprised me, mm-hmm. you know. They sure did. Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask, is what kind of nose they have. Because <laughs> most curs, you know, tend to be known for having a hotter nose and not really being well-known for... Yeah, I know it. tracks. Uh, uh, see, I had a couple of mountain curs before, but they didn't suit me. Okay. Uh, they didn't suit me at all, but uh, these dogs, uh, these Stevens Kerr, and I'll tell you, there's a guy up and lives in Montana. I lived up in Montana for 16 years, hunted with him a lot. But his name is Glenn Gray, and you can call him up. Uh, he he got a couple three from me, and he's had him okay. for about. I don't know, 18, 20 years, a long time. Yeah. About as long as I have. But he runs nothing but mountain lion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, he comes out here and hunts with me on bear. Gotcha. But uh, he, that's his main uh, is, is cougar. Yeah. And bobcat. But not too much bobcat. Well, he treats one when he runs across the trap. <laughs> See, the cat hunting is the winter time or so on. That's our sport in the winter time. Yeah. In the summertime, it's bears. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're a little different here. We we run bears in the summer through through the winter and into December. Yeah. Well, we run them up till they go in, you know, yeah. and they're in, they're in hibernation for a while. And, and uh, then we switch right over to cats. We run bobcats and coons and, and mountain lions. Uh, through the weather, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, boy, you'd really be surprised the nose they got on them. Uh, them little cur dogs, them little Stevens. Yeah, boy, I, I was. I, I, I never owned but them three mountain curs. Mm-hmm. That's the only curs I ever owned. I thought a cur dog was just an old mixed up dog, didn't mount too <laughs> much because you know the cur name don't help them much, and especially, and, uh, you know, that's what they what were. That? That's what they were 60, 70 years ago. Well, I guess a little yeah. more than that. 
more like 80 years uh-huh. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, boy, they've really bred them up to all good. Uh, they're a good little dog, I think. I mm-hmm. like them. Yeah. But I've never tried the, the rest of them except their mountain curves. And, okay. And uh, I, I just never tried the other ones. Mm-hmm. But Glenn Gray, he trees around, oh, I'd say 25 to 30 mountain lines a year. Nice. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and he treats bobcats, too. Yeah. And uh, you can talk to him about them. Uh, <clears throat> we was talking one day, and he said, you know, I believe them little dogs, he's run these cats for the last, oh, years and years. He said, I believe them little dogs has got a better nose than any hound I ever had. Really? Now, you can talk to him about that, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, but that's what he told me. Yeah. He said, I don't think I ever had a hound that had the nose, these little dogs. Very interesting. I mean, them little buggers will put them on an old coal track, and they'll grub it out and get it a go, you mm-hmm. know, tree it. You know. And that's what I like about them. Now, did you find most of your dogs preferred bear or, or cats, one or the other? You know, I don't really know. I, I, that was, that's a hard question for me. They do pretty good on, on both, both of them, but... I just couldn't hardly say, you know, they do, you know, uh, okay. uh, I just hate to say one way or the other, but they do pretty good on both animals, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you keep a pretty you know, big pack you. of them? Pardon? Did you keep a pretty big pack of them or just a couple? <laughs> well, in all a barrel, you need four or five dogs. A lot of bears, well... But they'll be up on the ground, mm-hmm. and they won't climb. Yeah. And uh, they'll just walk and fight. And these dogs, they'll stay, you know, two, two and a half, maybe three hours on one. But some will climb after about a 30 minutes or an hour. But after you get an old bear, the, the old army booger that won't, he ain't going to climb at all. Yeah, and what I like about these little dogs, a lot of hounds will stay for eight and ten, twelve, fourteen hours on that walking bear. Mm-hmm. But these little dogs will stay for about two or three hours, and they're out of there. Okay. I like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. because you know, when the uh, them other dogs, the hounds, uh, uh, all they're just walking behind that bear, barking at it. Mm-hmm. You know. And they keep you out there 12, 14 hours, and then they're laid up for a couple of days to hold them. But these little dogs ain't like that. After about two, three hours, they're out of there. Yeah. You know? I like that. Yeah. How old are you, Don? I'm 90. 90. You still yeah. hunting? Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my grandson, <clears throat> he's at my old camp that I had for years up here. He's got, uh, uh, he treats uh, lots of bears, several bears, you know. I think he's treated, oh, it's been open now for about a month. I think he's treated about 35 or 40. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I tried uh, to call and get a hold of you, and you were up there with him, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I go up there, see, I can't walk over about 100 yards. Okay. And, uh, and at my age, uh, I can't do nothing. But I can go up there. I got three dogs here. and. And I take him up and run him with him. And uh, I kind of drive around to work on the race of the tree yeah. if they tree, 
know. But I hope at 90 I'm still out there chasing dogs. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I've really, I've had these hounds all my life, like I say, I've raised with about those dogs, but uh, it's just, uh, it's just something I've loved to do all my life, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and my health started giving away on me when I hit about 85, and uh, I can't do nothing. I just can't do anything. You know? Well, I, being able yeah. to get out there and just drive around something, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, when I get up and start walking, I, that's where I, I get dizzy and I get sick. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can still sit and drive for a while. That's awesome. And then I got a little scamp trailer I pull behind me. Mm-hmm. And if I can lay down for a while, I'm all right. You know, I'm good for an hour or so. Okay. So I take that little trailer and pull it behind <laughs> me. And then when I get sick or something, I just... Pull, pull over and lay up for about an hour. There you go. Yeah. That's hey. about the only way I can work it. Got to do what Boy, you got to do to get I'll out there. I'll tell you a guy that, you know the guy that bleeds these dogs? Who's that? Jim Crump. Jim Crump. Where's he from? Uh, Tennessee. Okay. No, Kentucky. Kentucky. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Uh, he, he come out and hunted with me. Mm-hmm. You know. I got a dog killed here. Like I say, I don't know if a wolf killed him or a bear, but he heard about it somewhere, and he called me up, and he said, I heard you. You uh, got a dog killed, and I said, I did. And, I, and he was a real dog. I really liked him. And uh, he said, I got some pups to deliver out in there. He said, out New Mexico. He said, I'm going to bring you out a good young dog. So he did. He brought. He's about a year and a half old, and I tried to pay him for it, but he said, no, I don't want to pay He said, I might want to come out and out with you, which he did. Awesome. And he's a hell of a nice guy. He is. You know. And you can talk to him about a pup. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, see, uh, a guy in the name of Mark Wilson, he used to breed these little Stevens, and him and his wife got a divorce, so some way, Jim Crump uh, took over uh, Mark's breeding deal. Okay. And uh, and I'll tell you, uh, uh, Mark made some pretty gutty little dogs. He did. And I think Crump probably is breeding the same way he breeds. breeds. I don't know about mm-hmm. that, you know. But, but uh, he uh, uh, he's a guy that you want to talk to to... You know, to get if you want to get started in it, I don't ever have any pups in here. Or, okay. You know, you, you know. you're done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> I don't yeah. blame you. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah it is. I kind of enjoyed it though. Really, raising little puppies. I, I never drive her many. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I breed an old female once a year or twice a year. So if I needed a pup, and mm-hmm. I'd usually keep a couple and then uh, uh, give those away or something to a good hunter. I'd yeah. rather give a, a, a hunter a, a pup and sell them to yep. somebody that won't ever hunt them. I'm right know? there with you. Yeah, yeah. But I wish I could help you on a pup. But I hate Jim, you like Jim Crumpy. You know, I believe he's an honest guy. He, mm-hmm. He's got a church down there in, in Kentucky. And, and like I say, he came out and hunted with me. And, and uh, he's a nice guy. I like Jim. Yeah. yeah. You got any good stories? Do, do what now? I said, do you have any good stories? Yeah. 
Yeah, I've, uh, you know, here one uh, after I got these little dogs, I knew I was fed several bears, you know, 60, 70 a year. And I thought one year we're here, two or four years ago, I thought I had seven of them little boogers. And boy, they were already, they were trained. And I treated 111 in one season. Nice. <laughs> Pretty good. It sounds like a bracket remark. I don't mean it to be that way. I just, I just tell you that, you know, mm-hmm. I knew I was trained. I'm just trained seventy, eighty, and ninety, or, or, but I, ne- I had never got to a hundred. Yeah, but uh, I did then. Uh, yeah, yeah. What kind of hounds did you run? Oh, I run uh, oh uh, plots and walkers and just ever what I thought was a. If I needed a a, a, a pup or two, it was a, a walker or a plot or uh, uh, you know a blue tick. I wasn't really protective about it. Okay. Uh, and I found that in these hounds, you know, uh, uh, one some guy wouldn't have a blue tick, some wouldn't have a walker. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, there ain't much difference in all them dogs except for <laughs> their color. Yep. No, <laughs> That's right. I actually just had this conversation with a friend of mine. He, he's he got some crossed up dogs, and a lot of them look like walkers. I said, and he was joking and asked me if I needed a pup, and I said, I need something that doesn't look like a walker because I'm just not a fan of them dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I realize there's not, a, there's not a difference between them. I said, I just don't like the look of them. Yeah, I uh-huh. Now, my, my grandson, he wants to get in these little dogs. He hunted with me such as, you know, all of his life. He's mm-hmm. enough to follow me. And he's about 32 or 30 now. He's got walker dogs mostly, but he wants to get in these little black dogs, but he just can't seem to get it to getting one. I got one of his here now. Uh, it ain't gutty at all. Okay. Uh, and I took her and had her spayed because a guy wouldn't want a pup out of her because mm-hmm. she ain't got to you know. Yeah. And <laughs> she wouldn't even buy a coon. She run and tree it, <laughs> you know, but she won't, you know. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, like I say, some of these dogs are got to Some of them are I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the guilty ones from the others, but uh, I had sort of the out of Junior Settles dogs, and but but they were they were gutty. I mean, they you know, mm-hmm. uh, I only had that one killed. Okay, but I had That's sort of eat good. up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had some eat up pretty bad, but I know a lot of bear yeah. hunters that can't say that that have been hunting for you know a good long while. Uh huh. So. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, it's just a yeah, hazard I'm of the. Come out here, and, and I run coons back in the Ozarks uh, mm-hmm. in '53 to John Day, Oregon. I had two dogs. I had a Walker and a Black and Tan. And in '53, that's when I started running these bears and okay. mountain lions and bobcats stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I've run them pretty steady ever since. <laughs> that's awesome. Things were different back then. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would you go Come back? Come on out. Come on out and go <laughs> with me. We're going up there and listen. Bring a dog. Throw a dog <laughs> in the race. Where, whereabouts in Idaho are you? I'm about uh, 25 miles would be northwest of Boise. 
Okay. I'm only uh, 30 miles from the Oregon border. Okay. Uh, across the Snake River. The Snake River uh, divides Idaho and Oregon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lived in Oregon uh, quite a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I was up in Montana. And... Now, I haven't made it out west yet, but I'd, I'd love to. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you taking my phone call. And man, I, I oh, would love to get out there and see the little black dogs go one day. Yeah, come on out. You see them. Well, uh, I got three here, and Glenn he comes down and hunts with me uh, through the summer. He, he hasn't been down. See, in Montana, you used to couldn't run a bear with a dog. Yep. But now you can, so. I, he he'll be running some up there probably. Probably, you know? but he used to come down there out with me a lot. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good talking to you. So take care. If good you, talking. If to I you. can help you anyway. I will. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Hold on. Hold on. I told you this was a two-parter. So after I got done talking to Don, gave me Glenn's phone number. So called Glenn almost immediately and talked to Glenn. So without further ado, here's Glenn. Hello. Hello, Glenn. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing all right. So Don talked to me for about 20 minutes and told me a little bit about his dogs, but he told me to talk to you too. He said you had some dogs from him and they were real good. Uh, They do pretty good, I think. So just kind of trying to learn a little bit about them, especially from the big game side. I mean, most curs on the Uh east, I live in Pennsylvania, and so most curs out this way are primarily used for coon and squirrel it's kind of rare to see curs used on anything other than that so that's why i've talked to a few people now mostly out west that have run curs on bigger games so yeah well you got any specific questions or i uh, just i don't know do just that? tell me about your dogs um you know he, he said you got dogs from him well i ran uh, some english dogs mm-hmm. uh that come in red dick and blue dick Mm-hmm. I ran them for about 10 years, and then I switched to uh, Blue Ticks, and then I ran uh, Blue Ticks on Big Game for about 20 years. And about 20 years ago, I switched, maybe more than 20, I don't know, about 20 years ago or so, I switched from Blue Ticks to uh, the Stephen Kerr's. Okay. I think, even though it might rile some people, uh, <laughs> I believe that my Stephen Kerr's can scent just about any track that any of my blue ticks or my English dogs could. Okay. So I can't see that the the hounds, the blue tick hounds, had any advantage when it comes to following a cold trail. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the tracks are more than 24 hours old, and they'll pick them up and they'll move them. Mm -hmm. and. I've seen times where they could move a track that was older than that, but I just didn't want them to, and so I'd pull them <laughs> off. Yeah. And we've got a lot of wolves in this country that we didn't used to have. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one reason I don't want them taking too old a track. Yeah. Because they could encounter wolves. And if wolves hear my dogs barking on a track or hear my dogs barking tree, in a wolf's brain, they're going to think, well, there's another pack of wolves, and they're trespassing on our territory. Let's go kill them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm 
way more cautious about where and when I'll turn my dogs loose. Yep. And uh, I don't want to turn them loose on a track that uh, is uh, more than 24 hours old. Mm-hmm. No, I can understand that. Now, you were just saying about your dogs, uh, you know, you don't want wolves to hear them. Are your dogs open on track? Wide open. Okay. Uh, yeah, they run wide open. And some of them will chop on track. And some of them I've had uh, will ball on track, but then chop on a tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like almost all of them I've ever had uh, were natural true dogs. Didn't have to encourage them to tree. It just came natural to them. I have had a couple that uh, that didn't seem to be the case. They didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of them, by far, most of them uh, have been just natural tree dogs. Yeah. And there's been some that I can tell that were better at cold trailing at old track than others. Gotcha. But overall, uh, I don't see very much difference, if any, between tracks that generally they can take mm-hmm. and tracks that any of my blue techs that are known for cold trailing yeah. could take. That's awesome. And uh, I've never really tested uh, how long these cur dogs I've had with old a critter in a tree. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, about the longest it's taken me to get to a tree that the dogs had uh, a lion treat in was six hours. Okay. That's, hey, that's so, not, you know, it's not... A short amount of time. That's still a pretty fair amount of time. It is. It is. And they were treeing that whole time. And when I got to the tree, they showed no sign of not wanting the tree, of mm-hmm. any sign of leaving the tree. And I'd have to leash up the dogs and pull them away from that tree for the first 50 or 100 yards mm-hmm. because they just didn't want to leave. Yeah. But I've heard of dogs that would tree for. 24 hours and i don't know i guess maybe i just have to see that for myself <laughs> i know what you mean to know that somebody's not blowing a little smoke well and at the same point even if the dog was still there after 24 hours who's to say that dog sat there and treed for 24 hours steady yeah i'd have to see that <laughs> for myself <laughs> so. um but generally uh, they're, they're gonna hold a tree for about as long as it takes me to get there mm-hmm and about the longest they've really been tested has only been about six hours. And uh, they just showed no indication to quit at that point. Awesome. So that made me happy. Mm-hmm. I run uh, mostly lions. Mm-hmm. I run quite a few bobcats. Okay. Bobcats uh, don't have, don't leave near as much scent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend not to walk in a straight line. They do a lot of doodadding and curling around and, walking back on their own track and making circles and crossing their track. and So they're a little trickier for the dogs to run, but uh, I've treated hundreds of them, and they do a good job on them. Nice. But sometimes they'll get on a bobcat, and uh, maybe it's related to the train or maybe it's related to the attitude of the bobcat. Uh, but there's been some that I've had jumped and they just weren't able to get them in a tree. Okay. But that's not usually the case. Usually mm-hmm. they get a bobcat up, and they'll hold him there until I finally catch up to them. 
That's the one thing that baffles me. It's like Bobcats in the Rockies and the West Coast versus Bobcats in the South and the East Coast. Like, yeah. why in the world do they tree west of the Mississippi, <laughs> but then east of the Mississippi, they don't? Well, I've got a book here in my library. Uh, I forget the title for sure, but it's something like uh, Bobcats of North America or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it talks about all the different varieties of bobcats in different parts of the United States. Okay. And some of the differences in the characteristics. And so mm-hmm. I think part of it is uh, is a different cat. It's a different variety of bobcat. Yeah. And uh, That makes sense. Uh, I just have never yeah, looked into it enough. Some of their behavior is just different. Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't tested this firsthand, but I have the impression that bobcats that may be run at night by coon hunters and in the south, mm-hmm. where they say that a cat won't stay in a tree, uh, maybe that's being that's related to being run at night instead of during the day. True. Maybe they're more reluctant to stay in a tree during the day. I don't know that, but I've heard that theory kicked around. Yeah. But then you sit around enough smoky <laughs> campfires, you're liable to hear all kinds of theories. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. How am I doing, Coach? You're, you're doing great. Well, I'm just about to run out. <laughs> oh, it sounds like you've, you've got a few years of experience in this. So I, I doubt you're... I doubt you're about to run out. You've probably got stories upon stories and information that would take days to sift through. If you, well, if you we sat down and wanted sit, to. <laughs> we, could, we could probably sit down and spit and whittle for a long time. But, I won't hold um, you that long, but. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anything else I've you want to tell me about your dogs? i a few bears. Okay. Yeah, Don said you, you come over and hunt with him, bear hunt with him. Yeah, and, yeah. He figured you'd probably uh, be running some right now, now that you got a season over there in Montana. Well, yeah, we do. But they've uh, limited uh, the areas that you can run cats in, even though they've made it legal to do that in Montana. Mm-hmm. And so there's a very limited area where you can do that. And they've excluded everything in northwest, or really western Montana in what they refer to as their grizzly corridor recovery area and uh, I'm not quite sure what their concern is certainly these little 30 pound dogs are not going (laughs) to hurt a grizzly bear but uh, they do they're not allowing us to run anywhere in western Montana within the grizzly bear recovery corridor and so They've got an area that's about 150 miles from me okay. uh, that I can run down in and camp out for a few days and run some bear. And this is the first year, and I think it might be a trial, and hopefully they'll uh, uh, broaden the number of areas that you can run them in yeah, and definitely. also lengthen out the season. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's only open until June 16th. Okay. And some of the bears don't even come out of their hibernation and start moving around very much until the middle of May. And so, really, they only gave us about a month. Yeah. And I did go over a couple of weeks ago, and it was still too early, and I was running into patches of snow, and I wasn't seeing signs of bear. And 
in three days, the dogs really only had one strike. Gotcha. And uh, we weren't able to get that bear put up. But my dogs don't have as much experience running bear as uh, Dylan Pages. And, yeah. Uh, well, that's understandable. And I used to really enjoy uh, camping out with Don and trading stories and <laughs> enjoying running bear. And uh, that's different than running cats. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. I Definitely. thoroughly enjoy it. Have you ever gotten any dogs from anyone other than Don, or just did you get your initial dogs from Don? And Well, I didn't get my initial dogs from Don. Okay. Uh, I, I went over and hung with Don when I still had blue ticks. Mm-hmm. And after I saw how bad Don's little cur dogs were out running my blue ticks, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> and uh, I tried to buy a dog from Don, and he wouldn't sell it. So then I tried groveling, and he wasn't bending, and I tried to bribe him, you know, <laughs> uh, to expose information I knew about him. But he he wouldn't let go of any of his dogs, and he had a half dozen, and some of them were young dogs. Seemed like he could have spared at least one, but he didn't. But he had a friend over in Kentucky uh, named Kentucky? No, he's from Tennessee. He's from Tennessee. His name is uh, Stacy Anderson. Okay. And uh, he was a friend of Don's, and uh, Don had mentioned to Stacy that I was looking for Stephen's car to try. So one day, Stacy gave me a call and said he had a litter of pups, and he'd heard I might be interested in trying one, and I told him, yeah, I would. And he said, well, he says, I'll sends you two and so he shipped me two dogs and never charged me anything oh, wow. except I of course paid for the shipping mm-hmm. and uh, both of those dogs uh, just turned out and did great and uh, I just phased out my blue ticks and I've been running curves ever since Okay, and I have gotten some dogs from Dawn uh, I've also gotten dogs from uh, a man over in Kentucky, and right now I have uh, four, and uh, I'm pretty satisfied. Nice. Now, do you ever breed your own, or do you just get pups when you need them from others? I have bred some of my own, Mm -hmm. and uh, in fact, three of them that I have now uh, are dogs that uh, were bred here Mm -hmm. at my place. Now, what size are your dogs? Uh, the size that I prefer is about 30 to 35 pounds. Okay. But I have had uh, one dog that went as much as 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, quite a bit bigger than what I prefer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if that dog is doing the job and shining while he's doing that job, he can still eat my feet. <laughs> yep. Uh, even though he's a bigger dog than what I prefer. And I have had uh, dogs as small as uh, 20 pounds. Oh, wow. And uh, sometimes I think it's uh, a little harder for a 20-pound dog to uh, get quite enough leg to keep up in a race. Yeah. 
Uh, and it seemed like if those dogs are running 30 to 35 pounds, they've got speed and they've got speed to burn and they can run with about anything out there. Uh, but being that size, they also have a lot more agility. They're just quicker on their feet. Uh, if they're fighting big game, uh, and it's important not to get caught. Yeah. Uh, they can move backwards almost as fast as they can move forward. And, uh, and I like that agility that those smaller dogs have. No, I, I definitely understand that. And I also, 30 is a bit smaller than I like. I like a 40-ish pound dog, but I understand. I, I don't need a 100-pound dog to tree a coon or a bear. No, I don't think you do either. <laughs> I know some people that there have There was them, a but... time in my life, you know, there was a time in my life I thought the quality of the hunt just wasn't the same if you didn't have a big, long-eared blue tick that had a big <laughs> bugle mouth with a little quiver on the end of it. But um, I think that I outgrew that. And uh, right now, uh, these dogs just run wide open. They don't sound like blue ticks. And that's okay with me. Yeah. They get the job done. And they get the job done in a hurry. And that makes me smile. Yeah. Do you think your races got shorter when you got the curves versus the hounds? Oh, I think, uh, I think the lion races haven't really changed mm-hmm. um i think for the most part those dogs are cold trailing 90 percent of the time yeah uh and then they get that cat jumped and uh that cat can't just stay out in front of them and he's gonna have to take a tree yeah and so i can't see this change those races much um uh, i think they might have shortened up some bobcat races and I think they shortened up some bear races. Okay. I've seen, I've hunted with guys that uh, took pride in their dogs running a bear for hours and hours all night and picking them up the next day and they're still walking down the track, booing on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not really putting pressure on after the first couple hours. And so yeah. it seems like, if they put all the pressure they could muster for a couple hours, that bear didn't take a tree. Well, then that bear is probably not going to take a tree <laughs> the rest of the night. Yeah. But yeah, I think they probably shortened up a few bear races and shortened up a few bobcat races. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's saying something though, that you've went and switched from all from hounds to some little black Stevens, huh? They must have impressed you. Yeah, I switched over about 20 to 25 years ago, something like that. Okay. And uh, I haven't fed a hound since. Now, can you recall just a a good hunt and a good story about your Stevens? I'm not sure where to start. Last year, I put the dogs on a bobcat track. Uh, It looked like a decent track. And it was down in the valley bottom. This bobcat was a long runner. and. the dogs ran him up into the cliffs, and it seemed like to me that the agility that these little dogs have, they get around a little better in cliffs and don't tend to get rocked up okay. as easy mm-hmm. as hounds that I've had. But I did have 
one little female that I call Tigger, and she got in there in some cliffs and got hung up and wouldn't come out. And uh, I had a radio, I had a GPS collar on her, mm-hmm. uh, but the battery went dead, and uh, there was a hard snow. We got a couple of feet of snow after she was in there. And I tried to get into her a couple of times, and the third day, uh, I went back in there. And on the third day, she had come out on her own. And I saw some tracks that I weren't sure if they were coyote tracks or if they were her tracks, but uh, they were about the right size. And so I called a couple of times, and uh, she answered me. And then in just a few minutes longer, she came right to me. Wow. But uh, I was somewhat concerned uh, okay. for her being up at those cliffs. Mm-hmm. And while we were up in those cliffs getting the rest of the dogs out, we could hear wolves that had heard my dogs and moved in on them. Yeah. And uh, I think the wolves finally smelled us or heard us. And they moved back out. But I had some concerns with those wolves uh, might find her up in there. Yeah, definitely. The wolves didn't like open ground, uh, gently rolling ground. And they tend to avoid real steep, uh, cliffy, rocky country. Okay. They're just not adapted for that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what uh, kept her out of the wolves' way. Yeah. Uh, but that was a little tense. Oh, I bet. Well, Glenn, I won't keep you. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me for a few minutes tonight. Well, I hope uh, I helped whatever it is that you're trying to do. (laughs) No, you really did. Um, Thank you very much. And like I said, I I really appreciate your time tonight. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.